of Holiness podcast with Reverend Carolyn Moore and Reverend Pierce Drake. Join us today as we lean into practical holiness, intergenerational relationships, and supernatural ministry. This is a New Room Network podcast. We're so glad you're here. Let's jump in. Well, hey, my good friends, it's so good to be with you today on the Art of Holiness podcast with Carolyn Moore and myself. Um, hey, here's what we know, is over the years, I've had the opportunity to sit in my chair and uh, watch people on Zoom uh, to be a part of these interviews, and they have most of always been Carolyn's friends from ministry years past and current years that I've yet to know, and uh, I've got the introdu- introduction of them as you have. And so it's been a lot of fun. A few times I've been able to bring on people that I've done ministry with throughout the years over the last decade or so and uh, introduce them to Carolyn, which has been a lot of fun. Then kind of there's a third category of people who, uh, one way or another, we've had an honor to interview that we both have learned from from afar, and now we've got to sit down and and learn with them in person. And then there are people like today and uh, interruptions that we did not see coming but are so grateful for. And it's people that we get to interview that going into the interview, not into the interview, but leading up to it, we don't know who they are. And so we're a new right. we're a new room network podcast, which means we get to host a lot of the live stream at New Room and interview people before main sessions. And so it really is, hey, who does New Room who is New Room bringing in this year? And we get a chance to interview them, and which is such an honor and a grace and a privilege. And then we get to share those interviews with you. And so this was one of those that like when the speaker lineup came out for New Room, I was like, I have no idea who this is, which is usually a good testament to, you know, that was Carol Ward for us last year. You know, Carol Ward, we had no idea going into New Room. I mean, the weeks leading up to who she was and then learned all about her. And so this um, fellow, I was going to say young man, he looks like a young man, but he's been doing this for a little bit and uh, was a great pleasure, a great quick friend and a deep well um, of walking with the Lord. Yeah, Reward Sabanda is our new friend. And I got to be in his breakout session at New Room, was stunned by the content that he brought there on prayer, just a ton of energy. Um, Reward became a friend of New Room community through his work with the Upper Room in Dallas, Texas, where he was steeped in and modeled and and taught that he taught the deepened work of community prayer. Um, and he he comes by that as as a man who was raised in Zimbabwe and uh, found himself in Dallas, Texas, uh, as part of this ministry that really focuses on the work of prayer. And now he's on staff at Saddleback Church where he serves at the intersection of kingdom and justice. And he thrives on this kind of conversation. He has such a fresh and deeply discerned perspective, very well-educated perspective that challenges conventional thinking. And today's discussion puts us right in the middle of rewards best. So uh, take some notes, friends. Rewards Sabanda. We have a good friend reward with us. Come on. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank yes. you. Welcome to the conference. So Who we've known for 24 hours, but it feels like a lot longer <laughs> than that. Yeah. Eternity, right? We <laughs> use right. our eternity metrics. That's right. We just that's kind right. of linked on. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yep. You know, I, I got to say to you guys who are yep. doing this live stream um, that there would not have been uh, 
sliver of an inch for you to sit in in the in the oh room. My so the um, floor room is packed. Yeah, everything is packed wow. here. So yep. if you didn't get a ticket, um, you'll get there next year. But you're, <laughs> right. you've got actually a really good seat right now. <laughs> yeah. And what I love is one of the things that I have adopted. I don't know. I mean, y'all preach more than I do. You know, I think someone said if you the first time you hear something, you repeat it. And you, you give credit. The second time, you give credit. By the yeah. seventh time, it's yours. Yeah, that's right. Right. You know. That's so right. then this is mine now because how much I say it, but it's really from JD. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no distance in the kingdom of God. Come That's on. right. There's no distance That's in this right. kingdom, both with eternity and in, in our world. That is a and deep quote. I, he, I you love are, it. You are. No, it's yours now. Well, it's mine <laughs> now. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. brilliant. And uh, I just oh, quote so. brilliantly. And uh, and so, yeah, my prayer has just been as thinking about online. I mean, we even have an overflow room here, mm-hmm. you know, where people are at. Like, what's happening in the room? We're just praying yeah. and believing it's happening where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in faith, receive it. In right. faith, receive the room as a worship space, as a holy place. Right. Mm. And reward is uh, bringing a whole bunch of prayer stuff Come to on. us this yeah. week. And so I'm really excited to be with you at your breakout. I'll be hosting your breakout oh, tomorrow. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yes. That's a fun room, y'all. Uh, so. That's right. <laughs> the party and rewards room. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so uh, but before we get there, I want I want to know you hear your story. I yeah. want to hear the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the short version of yeah, the Yeah, there whole we thing. go. Exactly right. The, <laughs> the non-African version of it. Well, I mean, we have 45 minutes. We don't have, <laughs> like, right. five. So right. we got yeah. some time to yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, no, no. I'd love to. No, thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for, for having me. Uh, you know, God, like, um, I, I, I love how he sets the solitary in families. Yeah. And just whenever you get to do a lot of things, like, um, what you kind of feel for you know, the hearts that God knits mm-hmm. in it organically. You can't explain mm-hmm. it. You just feel like, mm-hmm. oh, this is my tribe, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Because we're very tribal people. Right. And that's how mm-hmm. I felt, man, mm-hmm. whenever we got to hang out, I think, uh, two days ago yeah, over lunch. Yeah, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like an hour. I think it ended up being like two and a half hours. <laughs> it did, yeah. Just going ridiculously deep. So yeah. I just want to say such mm-hmm. an honor to be, you're a deep sea creature, man. Yeah. You're like yeah. swimming around and all of that. And um, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, so my name is uh, Reward Savanda. And um, I was based in Dallas, Texas. Uh, that's where the Upper Room Church is. That's where I was um, on staff associate pastor for all. But we just, we're about three weeks fresh into a move to Southern uh, California, Orange County. I'm on the teaching, uh, I'm a teaching pastor at Saddleback now. And, uh, awesome. So, yeah, wow. it's, it's been That's a, quite a move. It is a huge that's move. That's quite a move. It's a huge, if it wasn't for the weather, I'd say <laughs> it was challenging. Uh-huh. It's, it's been beautiful. Yeah. It really is. It's an incredible community over there. But uh, uh, originally from Zimbabwe, that's where the Sabanda comes from. Mm. And I moved here about 20 years ago. And um, I think I shared a little bit of that story there. Uh so I was um, in Zimbabwe, and I still remember my high school. So there was a media event, and something happened. Mm-hmm. And it had such a profound impact on uh, my school community that I was like, man, being raised in a Christian household, right? And uh, being raised, we're very orthodox um, mm-hmm. African. That's its own mm-hmm. kind of little sort order when it comes to denominations. Yeah. And right there was, holiness was a huge, mm-hmm. right, um, a huge value within that particular context. And so as we're being raised, we're always told that wherever you go, you'll have to defend the faith. You have to protect the potency of the gospel, Mm -hmm. like things like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. uh, from mixture and everything. So I still remember when this thing happened, I was like, oh my goodness, media is the most powerful thing there is, right? Mm -hmm. This thing, we just had one week of immersion into this media experience and 
it's changed the way people talk in my high school, the wow. way people walk, wow. the way they dress. Wow. Wow. And so I was like, man, I feel like if I if I go somewhere where I learn about media, mm. right? If you understand the medium, then you can safeguard the message is wow. is how that's essentially how I thought about it back yep. then. Yep. So where else do you go, right, to learn media but the U.S., yeah. the source of all, yeah. you know, that the, the, the change and the transformation uh. that I'd seen in my school. So came down here uh, to Christ for the Nations, mm-hmm. and uh, I was there, did a year. And then while I was there, um, I think I was telling the guys yesterday that I'm, I was always broke when I was over there, right? <laughs> but every Sunday, people would invite me to their churches. Mm-hmm. And there's such a huge table and commensality culture in the West it's like it's almost like uh, the mark that you've made it in community is when someone invites you to go yes. somewhere to eat after yes. the service. And yes. the mark that you got kicked out is you no longer <laughs> exactly. get the invite. That's right. You just see That's the right. pictures on some social media. Yeah. Right. You were like, "You guys That's live right. without me." Right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so people for, are thinking their Sunday afternoons right now. Exactly. When's the last time I went out yeah, for dinner exactly. with a couple of friends? That's right. <laughs> that is that is truly the mark of koinonia. Yeah. Within, yeah, that's right. Within the American context. And so, but for me, it was a it was a more praxis kind of perspective. Mm. I'm like, oh, every time I go to a church, doesn't matter what it, what it is. And by the way, right? I think he, food is the the unit of measure for for unity right? mm-hmm. <laughs> within the context. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go afterwards, people go to eat, and they always take the African guy with them. And to be polite, they always pay for the African guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, anytime someone invites me to their church, it's a yes. So I started going and going and going. But then I began to notice something uh, about um, the Western or the American church, which was um, almost like uh, juxtaposed to the African church. So the African church, it's 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 a community, right? It's communal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you meet under a tree or in a particular location, thousands of people show up. Every Sunday, it's a social event. Mm-hmm. But throughout the week, right, there's very little societal impact in that particular wow. space. And um, But when I came here, I noticed that it would be smaller churches, sometimes in 100, 150 mm-hmm. people. But you'll notice that that church is, um, man, community and socially viable. They've right. started hospitals and churches. Mm-hmm. They vote in their local election. And they truly are a presence within their community. Right. And so the way I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, my goodness. I think when you take the zeal, right, the indictment on the African church is a lot of zeal without knowledge, mm. like a runaway horse. We're just going. <laughs> the disciplines, the prayer, the fasting, <sighs> right, a huge premium on the power and the presence mm. of God and the manifestations uh-huh. of um, right. Of the gifts, but when it came to the to the Western Church, I loved how there was so much structure and systems and best practices, and because of that, there was longevity and order Mm -hmm. and all of this. And I think I shared it with you guys that to me, the personal revelation that I got was um, right: Jesus, the body, right. Um, in a sense, Jesus is both the the wisdom of God, the Sophia of God, and the power of God, the dunamis of God, and a full uh, representation of the body of Christ yes. should be something which is, right, uh, powerful and potent and expressive in both. Right. So then my task uh, shifted from media, and I was like, I felt like the Lord shifted my major. I was like, hey, 
you know what I want to do? I want to go wherever people are doing church right here, mm. getting on uh, the ground level, learn as much as I can, mm-hmm. serve, and mm-hmm. then in the future, as the Lord opens the doors and as he orchestrates, mm-hmm. then uh, I can go back and train church planters on how to have healthy systems and structures mm. and best practices while right. embracing the power and the potency and the freedom of expression. Uh, of you know, the spirit. Do you know how deeply Wesleyan that is? <laughs> I mean, it's very and I have to say, I have to say, yeah. I, I've had, um, I've had Pentecostals come to our church, wow. and and they'll say, yeah. the structure mm-hmm. and the discipline mm-hmm. is is. Like that for them is a deep spiritual oh experience. Goodness. You know, they're oh not they're not feeling constrained by it. It's wow. like, oh, here's the whole other side that I've been missing Absolutely. for so long. Absolutely. And um, and 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 the the order that helps that helps when you have when you have order and Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. You make better decisions. Wow. And you have wow. better. You raise up better leaders. Yes. Mm. yes so there's wisdom. Yes. Yeah, in a, absolutely. And mm. even if you, um, I love what you're saying because even if you look at it from a practice praxis standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. The the whole concept of spirit, the pneuma, right? Right. It's only as potent or pressurized as the the vessel, the mm-hmm. container, right? right? Mm-hmm. There is there is no. I've never seen a space where God poured out. Any move outside the framework of a particular structure. Mm-hmm. I think even in Pentecost, right, mm-hmm. he essentially puts them in a room and says, hey, gel, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. create a culture yeah, right. and craft that. And almost the, tr- the, 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 the antithetical is also true, that Jesus' caveat to deeper revelation and deeper outpouring of his spirit, all of this was like, man, you guys just don't have the capacity. Yeah. And we see it everywhere, right? Yeah, right? right. It's right. like when right. it, wherever there was vessels, the oil would constantly yeah. and consistently right. flow. Right. So what I love is that if what you're saying, the Wesleyan church, right, mm-hmm. has been such an institution of integrity that it's no wonder recently what the Lord mm. just did to where he was like, I can pour out my spirit and what mm-hmm. that looks like. So, right. Yeah. 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 I'm reminded of George Whitfield's line where he said, you know, he could preach to thousands and get them all saved, but Wesley knew what to do with them. Right. Wesley, <laughs> Wesley, Wesley brought both power and preaching yep. and advancement of that in the kingdom right. and also the structure and why we were called Methodists, right? Yeah. We have methods, methods. Yeah. for the ways that we move and have our being. Right. Wow. Well, yeah. Whitfield actually said, it's, it's, what I've built is a rope of sand. That's it. Oh, I love Love it. Oh, a rope yeah. of sand. That's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But if yeah. you think about it, that that whole thing ties to who we are in the most visceral, mm-hmm. right, core of who we are as humanity. Right. Right. We're born under, or, or rather, after the blueprint and the paradigm of the perichoresis, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's God in perfect community. Mm-hmm. Then we're brought into that particular context, and therefore, as people, we right. always crave that that um, distinctly organized, you know. Communion, yes. that koinonia, and all of those things, and so right. you guys captured it like well. If, if, well. if you can hold both of those things mm-hmm. in tension, that's right. Holy Spirit and structure, you've yes. got something. Oh my yeah. right, you've really got something. Yeah. So talk about how prayer fits into all of this for you, and 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 why why mm-hmm. prayer is the thing you bring to New Room. Absolutely. No, thank mm-hmm. you so much. I think um, I think my the way the Lord kind of um, framed my path mm-hmm. of being born into a primarily African context, mm-hmm. which uh, 
Africans, you know, it's 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 social pride to be like I'm a prayer warrior. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, they're deeply spiritual people on right. either side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. right. right? Whether it's spiritism, which is like African, you know, like all of that is right. from the dark side. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or if you're a Christian, then your entire faith is weighed and judged based mm-hmm. on. Your your fidelity to the uh, to the practices, if I can mm-hmm. kind of put it that way. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, growing up in a in a, I was I grew up in a household where that was wrote right. It was mm-hmm. it was beat into us. It's mm-hmm. like this is the behaviors and the practices of a man of God, mm-hmm. of a Christian, mm-hmm. and so and, and and prayer was deeply foundational to that. Mm-hmm. But the ethos of that particular prayer was always very. Uh, utilitarian with God, mm. right? Because God is a, is is a deity, and everything about the social order. Because remember, our sociology always frames our theology, not the other way around. Right. So our frameworks for how we understand God, right, mm-hmm. is it gets its genesis and also its reinforcement from the social structures around wow. us. Wow. And so for us, like within the African context, there's a lot of um, middle men. Mm-hmm. So right, the mm-hmm. chief is a middleman, and then he's right. got this. Uh, the you, it's a paternalistic society. So your father is the middleman to the laws, and so there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So that's why right with its Middle Eastern roots, like that's why the gospel, mm-hmm. or rather Christianity or Judaism, found such a dip or made such a dip imprint on African society, mm-hmm. and that was such a, an understanding and an embracing of it because it fit the social models. Wow. When you talk about a father who's got a son, oh, okay, the highest right value within the social context over there is the family structure. Mm -hmm. So this makes sense. Oh, he's also a king, but he's a kind king. Oh, we have kings over here, right? And all of these Mm. things, and it's fighting an occupation. Okay, we've seen a little bit of this. So there was a deep imprint. So based on that, uh, coming in, I felt like I had a deep foundation, Mm-hmm. Of prayer as a discipline, mm-hmm. but had a zero framework, right? Wow. For prayer being a modality for communion wow. and intimacy uh, and wow. all of those things. So, long story short, a part of my journey, I think I shared a little bit of it, is that um, came here and there was a, a group of people, about 30 in, in that particular instance. Um, the, the lead guy had been Church of Christ. He gets invited to this particular event and he has a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit and he's like, what do I do with my theology? So what he started doing is he gathers the smartest people that he know within that Church of Christ context. And so what they would do is they would find all the scriptures that speak about God's promises to to come in a manifest way Mm -hmm. whenever they were seekers. And then so they would um, start this little group and essentially just posture themselves to go after God. Wow. And then if there was any encounter or any of them, at the end of it, they would socially, um, they would deconstruct it communally, right, as a group and kind of go from there. And so I had a similar thing to where I was like, man, I know this. I've had encounter. Mm-hmm. I want framework. Mm-hmm. And so I became a part of that group. Long story short, about Seven years later, mm. it became a church called the Upper Room. Okay. And uh, what it is, is Upper Room does a lot of worship and a free flow, like when it mm-hmm. comes to things of the spirit. But in its essence, it's a prayer house that mm-hmm. expresses itself in worship. Mm-hmm. And so I think just in conversation, God just breathed on that and there was grace on that. And it began to almost um, emit like a uh, 
you know, Pied Piper call yeah. to people who also wanted the experience of the Holy Spirit, but also communal deconstruction mm. after the fact. Yeah. And so when I came in, I was a part of both of those. It, I, I think it just created a unique perspective that yeah. became appealing to people within the New Room context. And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, we feel like you're a tribe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Austin and Maddie Warford were one of those, like mm-hmm. David Thomas. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, they were like, man, we feel like you're some, God is doing something unique at the Upper Room. Mm-hmm. We'd love for you to come share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're kindred spirits. So, yeah. Yeah. so talk about your position at the Upper Room, because we mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit yesterday. Yeah. And now it's starting to like, I'm getting more pieces, so I'm continuing to pieces. Talk about that uh, position and kind of how, how that lived out. Absolutely. So uh, my journey to the upper room, you know, just with everything else that uh, is either ministry or whatever God is doing, it's like you wear a bunch of hats, right? And uh, by God's grace, the positions continually define themselves. But I think um, the ones that lead us to this point, the two most recent ones, Mm -hmm. uh, the first was just some things with community and teams and systems and kind of building all of that, building the framework Mm -hmm. for what God was wanting to do. But after that, that kind of book ended into 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think I was mentioning that in 2020, um, the, our church is not a large church by by any means. I think uh, in the Dallas uh, campus, I think it's yeah. about 2,000 people are Sunday. Yeah. But what it is is because of our, the music and the worship and that, God has gave us a, a, a significant footprint uh, with millennials and Gen Z and mm-hmm. all of those. And I think back then, just before COVID, Across all of our social media outlets, I think we're reaching about a million people with all wow. of our worship and our channels and everything. Mm, so it wow. was pretty significant, and people yeah. were looking at the upper room uh, for a cognitive framework on how to make sense of what was happening. Right. Because if you weren't around in 2020, <laughs> man, it was. Everybody should get a t shirt which says, I survived 2020. 2020, exactly. And now I may not be sane, but I'm breathing, right? When it comes right. To right. Right. But so. Um, my pastor came up to me and he was like, hey, uh, I would love for you to become our kingdom and culture pastor. I was mm-hmm. like, that's a cool title. What is that? Yeah. He's like, so basically wherever the kingdom, right, and mm-hmm. the culture intersect, uh-huh. I feel like our responsibility as a church community is to craft a cognitive framework to help mm-hmm. the people that God has blessed us with to navigate all the issues. And by issues, it started with the, the racial conversation, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the racial renaissance as uh-huh. – some people call it. And then that book ended into uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And along with the pandemic uh, came what we call mask mandates, which was huge in Dallas, sure. by the way. Yeah. You guys, yeah. you know, in the South, yeah. you guys know exactly yeah. what I'm everywhere. talking about. Yeah. Exactly. And that had implications and book ended into the uh, bipartisan nature, the divisive mm-hmm. nature of our politics and mm-hmm. how we interpret them mm-hmm. and expressively live them out in community. Mm-hmm. And then after that, so that entire year as Kingdom and Culture Pastor, I had to come up with strategies on how to engage people on how to, whenever mm-hmm. there was an event, whether it's a racial event or, a, yeah. or an injustice event, because that's righteousness and justice yep. is the foundation of the throne. So our framework was wherever justice has been violated, that's where we have wow. not just authority to speak into it, but a responsibility to speak wow. into it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it wasn't just every altercation between black and white that we jumped into. Sure. Mm-hmm. But if there was a clear violation of the, mm-hmm. as kingdom citizens, right, mm-hmm. of the two aspects of God's foundational kingdom, then we'd kind of lean into that. So we did that, came up with strategies, wow. leaned into the Lord, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, right? Crafted mm-hmm. communities of contribution and communication and communion, uh-huh. right? One of the things that we used to do was we made the table central 
mm-hmm. right, to everything, because right mm-hmm. at the center of the table is the lamb that was slain, mm-hmm. and his blood makes us, right, mm-hmm. one new man. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those. So what we would always do is we'd come in into, um, we call them Town Hall Tuesdays. Mm. So we'd come in the very first one, everybody kind of came in, we set, a, we set 12 tables. This was a capacity thing and not like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a big room. Yeah, no, 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 no it's not. We have been a few times. It's yeah, not, a big, no, not, not a, a big room. No, not a big room at all. And so, because I remember the first time people were like, ooh, 12, why do you have 12 tables? That biblical numerology, I was like, no, that is praxis, practicality. <laughs> <laughs> but what we did is, uh, we, then we'd, we put uh, communion, right, Holy Communion in the middle. Uh-huh. So the first thing is we brought people in, we watched the whole George Floyd video, mm. and then uh, and then afterwards, we all deconstructed what it looked like. And at first, people were being respectful, like, no, if you're going to say it on social media, if you're going to say it to your people, you can say it here. Wow. This is the table. It's family style, right? The table's supposed to be messy. And so we had people, like, right, their, their anger, mm. some fr- their frustration. Some were like, well, he shouldn't have been re- resisting or whatever mm. it is. But mm. everybody brought their perspective. Wow. And at the end of everything, Miller and I, which is my pastor, would essentially then either speak truth into something or dismantle some stuff, just leaning into the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and what that would mm-hmm. happen. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of it, um, we would essentially pull what we felt like was the theme that the Holy Spirit was threading throughout the whole evening. Yep. And then afterwards, we would all worship together, mm. right, which is Revelation. Mm. They all sing a new song. They're yeah. covered by the blood of yeah. them. Then we would take communion uh-huh. together. Then afterwards, we would turn around and give them the mandate and be like, right. go and set tables on your social media, in your community. Yep. Yeah. And so that was the strategy moving forward. And yeah. then... The Capitol was the last time that we did something, and then we went on a panel, right. we deconstructed that, we gave them framework. Uh-huh. Then from there, my role shifted, mm-hmm. and uh, I was now the, uh, I became the associate pastor mm-hmm. over just all of that. Mm-hmm. And that essentially happened until I went on staff yeah. for a little bit before jumping into the saddle. Well, let, me, so that, I was, let me ask one thing first yeah. before yeah. you get yeah. off of that, because yeah. I. No, I want to stay on this. It pulled. It, um, it, it helps me uh, make sense of a comment that you made a little bit ago. Yeah. That sociology, our sociology informs our theology. Absolutely, yeah. So, so unpack that line a little bit because I've never heard that line before. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but I now understand. You've, <laughs> yeah. give, you've, you've told me how you've had to think mm-hmm. through all of this very carefully for because this is how you, this is how you served your community. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I, I think um, for me that revelation came from a. Uh, Mm, almost like a social disparity that I noticed uh, mm. when I came here. Mm. Mm-hmm. See, when I was reading the Bible and how we were taught the Bible from that African Ubuntu, Zulu, Ndebele, Zimbabwean context, mm-hmm. there were no gaps on what it's talking about. So, for example, uh, Paul talks about this. He says, mm-hmm. hey, when we all gather, right, someone bring a word and yeah. someone bring a song yeah. and someone bring this because... Right. Ministry was done community, right? Mm. Celebration was done community. Grieving right. was done community. Right. So the Bible perfectly uh, fit that framework, the social framework that we were used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I came here, I noticed that church was a little different mm. because it was modeled after something else entirely, right? There was one central figure, and they would almost come and stand on Sunday and give you their revelation. Everybody else would kind of listen with zero contribution. Mm. And if you wanted to contribution, you had to go to the outskirts of the social order, yeah. which is formed like little groups and kind of uh-huh. try to do it that way. Uh-huh. And so for me, the very first thing, before I even went into the theology of it, mm. I was like, man, what, what is the social philosophy behind that? Wow. And that was when I saw something pretty interesting. And if you ask any American, right, even, I, I would even, if I can just ask you guys, what is the social philosophy of America. 
and what is the um, economic philosophy, right? Because the social and the economic drive every mm-hmm. community, basically. Mm-hmm. So what would you guys say is the well, social and the... Um, um, I would just say, in a word, the mm-hmm. social philosophy is indiv- very individualistic. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. so, so whatever, however you, however you express that, it's it's about the individual. There we go. Uh, and the economic, yeah, and the economic. Um, I would just say everybody has the opportunity to be everything they want to be and to get as rich as they want to get. Boom, there we yeah. go. So <laughs> it, would it be safe to say that capitalism yeah. is both the economic and the social philosophy yeah. of the of right. the American? Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. You see now that in itself, right? And I say this as as an American, as lovely, lovingly as I can. That in itself creates a very perverse incentive, mm-hmm. because um, in every other context and culture, and you can look at it, there is a stark difference between the social philosophy and the economic philosophy. Mm. Because if those two are joined, then what it is going to do, it is going to incentivize you mm-hmm. to to use all your relationships in a utilitarian way. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example, right in a social in, in in social settings, what is the first question, right, that um, people in the West ask? The first thing is, "What's your name?" And the second thing is, "What do you do?" What do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But within the Ubuntu context, or a lot of the Middle Eastern context, or the Asian context. The first thing that they ask based on the social philosophy is, what is your name? And then the second thing is, where do you come from, mm. right? So, within, so, for example, I spoke about um, the Sankofa. It's like their thing is, where do you come from? Mm-hmm. Because the social philosophy Sankofa that they have mm-hmm. um, essentially puts a premium on the history of people. You are mm-hmm. who you yeah. come from, mm-hmm. right? Whereas the, 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 the Bantu context, right, speaks to... Uh, Social, your social contribution mm. yeah. of of what it is. So the this next question, whenever people ask you who you are, within my particular context, mm-hmm. is tell me about your family, right? Yeah. Where? Do, what is your family history? Mm-hmm. Because your family has to have a history of contribution for you to have value within the particular society mm-hmm. and community. Wow. But here, it's right. what you do, yeah. which right. becomes the automatic sort order of how then people. Because if you yeah. say, for example, I'm kind of in between jobs. You will get a oh, completely yeah. different <laughs> yeah. response and interaction than if yeah. you say, I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 right. company. Right, right. I'm and living in my parents' basement. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Has a different... Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a, a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. But does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm, looking, yeah. I'm looking back to, really quickly, I moved to London out yeah. of uh, undergrad. Yeah. So undergrad, finished... Moved to London for a year and a half, and London is a melting pot, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. I mean, it's just a, it, it may be one of the most melting pot cities in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in our church, well, I was part of two house churches, and and um, both of them were very diverse in ethnicity. Yeah, um, a yeah, massive, yeah. a massive community from Kenya, a massive community from South Africa, um, Middle Eastern communities. And so, anyway, long story short, they would all they would have me over for dinner, all this kind of things. Yeah. And one of the questions I noticed throughout those communities. Now, not my British friends, yeah. but but those from Africa and from Middle East, the question would always be, how hard was it to leave your family? There we go. There we go. And I would go. There we go. No, no. <laughs> it's like, my, I mean, matter of fact, I couldn't wait to get out of there. By who? I, 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 I wanted I mean, to say, for the record, I love my family. He was, I was not family oh, yet. Oh, then. I need to there say we that. go. Okay. It would have been All a right. lot harder. It would have been, been a lot harder than, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm just thinking back, you know, yeah, it was... Yeah. 
it was that. And, you know, mm-hmm. you even look at like how we, even when we go around the table yeah. and, and, and at home and, and invite people, you know, we could have a whole conversation, which is one of my favorite conversations to have is around yeah. the theology of food. Yeah. The way you eat with mm-hmm. people is the level of relationship Absolutely. you have with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we would go into these homes, when I would go to these homes for dinners or buy, it was the whole family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was grandma, it was to the baby, mm-hmm. and it was and it was all the neighbors and their community. Mm-hmm. And I it I was just welcomed in. Mm-hmm. Come on. Versus mm-hmm. um I was welcomed in. I, this is really true. I was welcomed mm-hmm. in like family. There we go. Not yeah. a guest. Yeah. yeah. In the yeah. States you're welcomed in as a guest. That's exactly if you're welcomed right. in. But yeah. over there it was man, I was welcomed in yeah. as family. That's exactly yeah. right. So when you say, when mm-hmm. when you when you make that statement, theology informs, uh, excuse me, sociology informs theology, yes. you're really just saying pragmatically, that's just how it works. That's, I think that yeah. is how, yeah, yeah not, humans not, not, think. Not that it has to work that way, no, but that's just no, how it it's works. It's just at an organic, unchallenged, right. Right, mm. right, what we see around us, because, right, the whole... The whole concept of the structure of epistemology, how we learn, is it's frameworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what we see, right, represented around us. It subconsciously creates value systems around us. Right. Yeah. And then we build behavior to protect and reinforce those values that we have. Mm. Right. So, for example, um, if our value is just a, a, like, so, for example, if our value, if both our social and economic philosophy is capitalist, then when you read uh, – the Bible, when you look at this, when you take a step back and you look at this whole, right, Jesus is a central figure, right, who has a cabinet of 12. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and everything about how good or bad they're doing is based on how well they, you know, mm-hmm. execute, mm-hmm. Right, right? right? And right. there's always a numerical value when it comes to a lot of that. But Middle Eastern and Asian and African contexts, that's that's a family. It's a man. He was a central mm-hmm. figure, but he gathered people around him, and he would go and eat with people, and he did with that. And so then right. there is no discrepancy when we think of a communal and familial God, right. whereas mm-hmm. over here we have no discrepancy when we think of God as the CEO, right? Yeah. Jesus as the heir <laughs> yeah. incumbent, right. yeah. and everybody else as people that kind of, yes. So. Right, and, and yet mm-hmm. I think that our great fear in the U.S. Mm-hmm. of being alone mm-hmm. causes us to grab hold of theologies that really aren't our heart language. Oh, that's so good. Because and, and because I'm a if if I if I let my sociology inform my theology as a southerner. Yeah. Living yeah. in the I mean, I'm in the birthplace of the Southern Baptist Convention. That's right. That's right. I'm going to make certain decisions mm-hmm. so I don't lose my tribe. Oh my goodness, that's exactly and, right. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly and right. and yet the Bible may call me to do something radically different. Oh like, my goodness. Like, I mean, like become a female pastor and, in the Bible Belt. Absolutely. And that may end up being, I mean, end up being a very hard thing or, or, mm-hmm. or making uh, more moderate political decisions that's right. yeah. that's in right. a culture yeah. that's radically yeah. right. And, and, yeah. and if you think about it, you hit such an important point right there because if, just taking like um, a social experiment right now, what has happened every time our sociology and our tribal values right, mm-hmm. have been at loggerheads mm-hmm. with our biblical or mm-hmm. Christian values? We have our values, our personal, right, Mm -hmm, familial values have always worn worn out. And then we find 
would twist the audience oh, to find yes. frameworks to reinforce 100%. why our view is that. Exactly. It's never the other way around. So right. you're exactly right. So the whole idea of kingdom down becomes critically important. That's exactly yeah. to, to, right. To start with the kingdom and let that yes. infiltrate yep. the ideas yes. Yes. rather than the other way around. And the interesting thing about it, too, which you mentioned, which thank you for your brilliance. It's getting me all, all sorts of excited. Come on. <laughs> That's not brilliant. But the, thing about king- <laughs> but the thing about kingdom, if you think about it is we all have radically and vastly different right ideas of what kingdom looks like. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the people that oppress people use kingdom because mm. they right they think of empire and the king. As long as there's a king, his dominion is the kingdom. Therefore, right, right, it is it, it is our sacred duty right mm. to suppress people and expand yeah. this kingdom right. whereas expansion is the means and the expansion of this kingdom is the end yeah. but then in a lot of other contexts it's not necessarily the emphasis is different it's the culture of the king and his family wow. which is the ethos of the wow. kingdom yes. wow so yep. when we yep. look at kingdom yes. some people look at kingdom and see empire because mm-hmm. that's the only social mm-hmm. framework they have right. some people go okay we understand this about this king, but what is he like? What is his familial? And if you look at it in the Old Testament and in the Bible, mm-hmm. it would always talk, the book of Kings, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would talk about the king, yep. right? What he did, sorry, who he was, whether yep. he was good or bad yep. or whatever, yep. and then what he did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and yep. so if the king was righteous, Mm-hmm. The the culture yeah. was right. Hezekiah. Exactly, yeah, Hezekiah. 100%. And then what he did was just the icing on the cake. Yeah. But whereas in our modern Western, it's like, okay, this president, mm-hmm. good, bad, or other, it doesn't matter. What mm-hmm. did he do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. then afterwards, it's like, if he is doing the right things to advance the social order of this thing called We'll go Africa, behind it. We'll, we'll, we'll be like, hey, you know what? Everybody makes mistakes. So what if his kids Come are all on. over the place? <laughs> Come <and> on. <laughs> Yeah, yes. character wow. has to count. And there yes. we go. But, it, but yeah. evidently not. No, because <laughs> our God is Mammon, and we're right. a capitalist society. Right. right. So, so now we're having to bring this all back to prayer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jesus uh, giving us that model for prayer: Your kingdom come, yes. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So, how do you teach prayer yeah. that is kingdom down prayer? How do you well, teach it? Absolutely. I think I think the most important you remove this particular clause from the Lord's Prayer, and I think it just becomes a a, 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 a tool of, of whatever. You can report purposes for whatever mm. it is. Mm. Jesus mm-hmm. starts... Mm-hmm. Well, well, with, take, take, take that... Take that line out of the Lord's Prayer, and mm-hmm. you've got a kid sitting on Santa Claus line. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that line, yeah. right, the one that qualifies yeah. the Lord's Prayer is our Father. Yes. Mm. Right? That's yeah. how he starts it. Yeah. Not just my Father, yep. but ours. So he speaks once again to that collective ethos that I'm talking about. Right. right? And Father. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a king, but he's Father first. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the moment he begins the Lord's Prayer with our Father, what he does is he brings us from the outside. Mm-hmm. He reinforces forces this thing that you're friends, you're brothers, mm-hmm. you're not slaves, you're all of this, mm-hmm. which back then, oh my goodness. the mm. sense of the strength of any empire mm-hmm. was its slaves and all the people that propagated right. it. Yeah. So he starts it with our father. And the moment yeah. he does that, he gets the, the Asians, he gets the Africans, he gets yeah. the, the yeah. Hispanics, he gets people yeah. that value the sense of culture. There's a level table. Exactly. It's, yeah, and it's family. Who are and in heaven, mm-hmm. right? Then yeah. the dominion, hallowed yeah. be your name. The kingdom, I think, is 
fourth in that particular order, mm-hmm. which is essentially how he extends his values and what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I have a six-month-old, and I think yeah, I, I told you. Come on. I mean, I am only as valuable to that little boy as mm-hmm. I can be father. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm over here, and he's like, man, he's at New Room, and he's doing cool things, and he's talking to <laughs> geniuses and Jedis. No. <laughs> at the end of the day, is he daddy? Does yeah. he cuddle me? Yeah. Does he throw off his robe yeah. and when he gets right. home and yeah. gets on his knees and, and kind of plays. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that to me is what made prayer personal. Mm-hmm. When I found once again, that whole thing is like, yes, he does incredible things. Yes, he has power. Yes, his gifts are. But at the end of the day, within the framework and the context of family, he is exactly that, a father. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so once I understand that he's a father, yeah. Then I can do business. Then that changes to where I can pioneering prayer. Mm-hmm. He's asking me to pray for the imp- impossible, right? Yep. Importunity in prayer, right? Because I know he's my father and I know that I have a responsibility to propagate his kingdom. Yeah. Then I can pray with that. But the context, the cradling context for all of that, for an apt understanding of yeah. who he is, is that revelation of him as father. As well, father. I think, I, yeah, I want to hit one thing before we end that I'm, that I'm processing now is... In the States, talking mm-hmm. about different contexts, in the States, a lot of the question, even within the church and pastors and different things, is it's is what is my call? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and that question <laughs> really is um, and I think it comes from a good yeah. what, exactly what am I gonna go do? That's right. What am I gonna go? Mm. And and while we still get to the same destination in, in a sense, um, we're trying to get there to, to prop ourselves up mm-hmm. a little bit, if mm-hmm. we're honest, if we're humble about that and, and need to mm-hmm. repent of that. Yeah. <laughs> right? On, on, yeah. On. But but what you're going at is like, no, actually your call gets really simple. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not yours. Absolutely. Yeah, it's right. it's top down. Absolutely. It's top down. So what's yeah. your call? It's great. It's to advance the kingdom that's of God. Exactly. That's it. All right. Now how did he mold father. you and make you? Yeah. And how did he give you unique gifts? Do mm. that for that. Wow. Yeah. Not yeah, what, what do I need to build? What do I need to do? Where, do I do this? Do I do this line? Right? Yeah. And um, think about a, it that a, way. Yeah. Yes. Man, you, you bring up such a brilliant point because Jesus' parable about obedience to the Father yep. and it's mm-hmm. all of those things. I do it, only what the Father tells me to exactly, do. exactly. Yep. He was a good son. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. that is the highest honor. I mean, he was a son that outperformed and outworked. So within this context, right, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, mm-hmm. right? Within that context, I, I know we historically know that that wasn't just a statement of endearment over a good son, mm-hmm. but what it was, it was um, in that particular context, it was a transference of the power of attorney. Mm. So if you have lived a life which is pleasing to your father and you're consistent with his values and you have the capacity to propagate the family business, mm-hmm. then the father would take you to the gates mm-hmm. and then announce to everybody wherever business is done and says, this is my beloved son mm-hmm. in whom I'm well pleased, hear him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from yeah. that moment, you could do business on behalf of the father. Mm-hmm. But the basic is, wasn't, this is my beloved son who has done this, 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 yeah. and this. No, yeah. it was, right. I am well pleased in him. It's the father's blessing. A personal yeah. metric. Yeah. And then from there, he can kind of, and that, that in itself, uh, I what, feel like. Well, yeah. now you think about Luke. Luke's gospel ends with the ascension. Yeah. And, yeah. and Luke's gospel ends with the ascension. And the last thing that it says in the very last few verses, that as he's leaving, he's blessing them. So he's standing on yeah. the edge of yeah. edge of all creation going, these are my sons, Boom. these yeah. are my there daughters in whom I love, will please. And they... They they see him into the clouds and they wow. hear his voice leave. Yeah. That's the last thing. Well, first first chapter of Acts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. is it first? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's actually in Luke that it says mm. that okay. it says he blessed.
bless them yeah. as he ascended into. Uh, yeah. And then so it goes act, into yeah, the Acts context. It goes into yeah. the Acts context, but it's Luke's last language yeah. um, that that are there. And the highest yeah. value, uh, right? Uh, the highest honor, right? In that particular context, was always sons, right? Mm-hmm. Sons, I now call your sons and not servants. And it's like even those servants were utilitarian and they did a lot of things. The highest honor in whatever particular context is is sonship, because when we think about it culturally, you don't choose a son. A son is a gift mm-hmm. from God, right. right? His divine wisdom gifted you with this particular thing. That's why in Romans, right, creation is under this hopeful, hope-filled, hope-leaning bondage, mm-hmm. waiting for the full manifestation, not of servants, right? right. Not of Jedis, not of geniuses, but it's sons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. when they come into a place of manifestation in full alignment with the will and the heart of the Father, yeah. then the world can trust that they represent the best interest of the God who created them because they have the deep imprint of the values of their Father. Yes. And what prayer has done for me, right, Co- both corporate and personal. Well, personally, prayer has anchored me in the mm. simple fact that it's waiting for the manifestation. You have to manifest from somewhere, right? It's mm-hmm. always from a place of obscurity right. to a place of prominence. Mm-hmm. So people who have been in a place of obscurity in prayer and communion, and koinonia with their father, mm-hmm. and then they manifest themselves and then yeah. draw everything into the gravity of their sonship. Yes. And that's what creation is essentially waiting for. Yes. You know, Carolyn, for our friends that are across the pond, there is something about Americans that when someone from across the pond speaks or someone from Australia speaks or someone just from another country with another accent speaks, <laughs> it's almost like our ears just like perk up. You know, I imagine it's like I imagine it's like being a parent and you tell your kids, we haven't really got into this yet. I've been the kid in this situation. Um, but or the youth pastor in the situation, but you as the parent have told your kid the same thing over and over and over, and they just don't get it. And then like some older teenager yeah. or some youth pastor or somebody randomly says it, and it just like the light bulbs go on for them, and yeah. probably because their voice was a different frequency. And so even just rewards frequency of language and the way he um, talked just brings a an awareness that then leads you to the depth that he's preaching and talking from. Um, yeah, he has such a unique cultural he does. viewpoint. And um, and understands, it's like you can feel the, the intersection of theology, psychology, yeah. sociology. It all comes together yep. for reward. And he's really interested in seeing um, um, c- cultural transformation in this setting that's not his home setting. So um, we... we we were blown away by so much of what he shared there and um in this conversation i want to encourage you find him on youtube he's yeah. got tons of stuff start listening to him yeah he needs to be a voice he's going to be a he's going to be a voice that's really coming up yeah yep yep hey this is this is one of the joys that we get to do is introduce you to new friends and new voices mm-hmm. that maybe you wouldn't be listening to already and so mm-hmm. thank you guys for being with us thank you reward um and uh so much for your gifts and offerings to us, and then as well. I will say this, and Carolyn, you'll understand this. I think our listeners will too, but Reward is an incredible conversationalist. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. And so, you know, he's just so um, uh, kind and yes. enthusiastic. And yes. Yeah. 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 It's 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 incredible to sit down to someone who's a, with a who is a great conversationalist. It just brings another level. So anyway, all that to say, gifted, highly favored, anointed, all the things. And uh, we're grateful that he got to spend some time with us. We got to introduce him to you. Hey, my friends, this was a New Room Network podcast. It is a New Room Network podcast. And that episode was brought to you from New Room 2023. We're so grateful for you. We'll see you back here next week.